I know a little bit about a lot of things, but I don't know enough about you. Now, you may remember an interview a while back that we did with a woman called Sonia Budd who said her life was saved with an ultrasound which detected early signs of breast cancer that her mammogram did not. Why? Because she is one of many women who have what is called dense breasts. We had a lot of feedback, and so we are happy to welcome Dr. Paula Gordon, the medical advisor for Dense Breast Canada, to what she said. Good evening. Good evening. So let's get right to the crux here. What are dense breasts exactly, and how can you tell if you have them? Breast density refers to how much normal glandular tissue there is in the breast relative to fat. All women have fat and glandular tissue and fibrous tissue in their breasts, but each woman is different. And there's some women whose breasts are completely fat and with increasing amounts of density all the way up to other women who have almost no fat and they're just dense breast tissue. And what dense tissue looks like on a mammogram is white and fat is black or dark gray. Now why that's important is that cancers and cysts and other things in the breast are white. So if a woman has mostly black fatty breasts, anything white is gonna be easy to see. It's gonna pop out like a star in the sky. But if a woman has dense breasts, there could be a cancer or anything else there, and we won't see it on the mammogram because it's the same shade of white, and it's the old, it's trying to see a snowball in a snowstorm. You how, just won't see it. So is, is a dense breast the same as a lumpy breast? No, and I'm glad you asked. Women can have completely fatty breasts and feel lumpy, and other women can have extremely dense breasts and feel like an empty sock. The only way you can tell what a woman's breast density is on a mammogram. So you can't tell by feel. And even doctors don't all know that. How common are dense breasts? Very common. About 40% of women over the age of 40 have dense breasts. It's normal to have dense breasts. It's just that women who do have dense breasts have to understand what the implications are. First of all, there's a range, as I said, of dense tissue from zero to 100 pretty much. The denser the breast, the higher the risk of getting cancer. So we know that women with the most dense tissue are four to six times more likely to get a breast cancer than a woman with the fattiest breasts. And then the double whammy is we know that mammograms are less accurate at finding cancer in dense breasts. So, Well, given those stats, then why are more doctors not telling women that they have dense breasts? Because I don't remember ever being told that. It's, it's only recently that the movement for women to be informed has really picked up. And in Canada, we have Dense Breast Canada to thank for that. Doctors, it's not something you learn in medical school. And even on radiology reports, it's inconsistently reported. So for example, there is a breast uh, reporting system that we all use called BIRADS. And BIRADS gives us four density categories that we should report on a mammogram. Now, I'm from British Columbia, as you know. And in BC, a woman who goes for a screening mammogram, not only is the woman not told what the radiologist reported as her breast density, even her doctor is not told. So what's and, the point of having the test if nobody's told? 
Well, they, they find out that their mammogram is negative or if there's an abnormality, but the, the bit of information about their density is not conveyed at the moment to either the patient or her doctor. On a diagnostic mammogram, so that would be, let's say, somebody who has a lump in their breast and is getting investigated or another breast symptom or even somebody who's had an abnormal screening mammogram who needs additional tests with a diagnostic mammogram. It's one of the first sentences that should be in that mammogram report, how dense are the breasts. But in the U.S., aren't they reported in, in, in many states there? They're about 10 years ahead of us in terms of this advocacy. And yes, there are now uh, over 30 states with legislation requiring women to be told in some form or other whether they have dense breasts. But the wording varies from state to state. Some states go as far as saying, your breasts are dense, uh, you might consider having additional screening, additional, not instead of. Okay, and that's where the ultrasound That's where comes ultrasound in. But you're or saying it's not either or, they work together. Correct, yes. So explain a little bit to the ultrasound for people who may not have heard our prior interview. Okay, so ultrasound, most people know, is a test that uses sound waves. So a mammogram uses low-dose x-rays to make an image of the breast. Ultrasound uses sound waves. Uh, people may have had an ultrasound, for example, when they were pregnant or if they had gallstones or something like that. And we do ultrasound of the breast, which uses sound waves to bounce off like when you're fishing and you've got radar in your boat. <laughs> and it makes an image of the breast tissue. And okay. we, can see, we can see cancers that not only are not visible on the mammogram, but aren't big enough yet to feel. So I'm sure you've had uh, the experience of knowing somebody who had a lump in their breast, they went for the mammogram and it was negative. So then they went for the ultrasound and the ultrasound showed the cancer. We've known that for some time, but it's, it's decades now that we've known that if you do ultrasound in somebody with a dense breast, even after their mammogram's negative, you're going to find about three to four cancers per thousand women that you screen using breast ultrasound. So is this covered by OHIP, the ultrasound? I don't think it's officially covered, but depending on how a woman gets referred, first of all, many uh, family doctors, I'm told, will not refer a woman for ultrasound. But I do know of women who are getting it done on a regular basis, pretty much every year, in addition to their mammogram. Well, given all the awareness that we've been drumming up over the last 10 years about breast cancer and all of us knowing having friends and family members who've had it, they've maybe survived, maybe not survived, maybe, you know, had two bouts, or it seems incredible that the government is not. It's a bit of a dirty little secret. It's not just the government, it's uh, the medical system too. Um, a lot of uh, doctors, radiologists are reluctant to take on screening ultrasound, don't forget, you know, it sounds like a small number. We're going to find three to four cancers per thousand women we screen. Well, how many do we find with mammography? You know, three to four thousand, uh, three to four per thousand. So if you do ultrasound, you're almost doubling the cancer detection rate, which is great, especially since there's a ton of data showing that the cancers you find that way are significant cancers. They're invasive, but they're still small and they're negative uh, nodes, the, the cancer hasn't spread to the nodes, but like any other screening test, and this includes mammography, there are false alarms. So if you do a screening ultrasound on a woman who's never had one before, it's quite likely you're going to find other stuff that isn't cancer, but you, you still have to deal with. And that can cause a lot of anxiety. I mean, you must know women who've been called back after a screening mammogram for extra mm -hmm. tests. And even though the likelihood that they have cancer is really small, 
it's, it's hard not to worry that maybe I'm one of the ones that's going to have cancer. And same thing happens with ultrasound. So people who don't support screening tests in general, including mammography and breast ultrasound, will cite this harm that we're doing to women, frightening them by one of these false alarms. And it might just be a cyst. It might be a fibroadenoma, which is the most common non-cancerous tumor in young women. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that turn up as well on ultrasound. Is dense breast, uh, are dense breasts more prevalent among any specific communities? Uh, they're probably more uh, prevalent among uh, women of Asian descent mm-hmm. and possibly black. Really? Hmm. It's interesting. So they be even more alert. Yeah. Well, I would think that still, though, the, ha- having that covered and have, having that information would save the government a whole lot of money if they could detect it early rather than you know going through treatment after treatment for people later on there's a couple of points first of all um we now know and this paper was uh, published in the last few months that having dense tissue is as significant if not more than having a family history most women know that if they have a family history their risk is higher than average having dense breast tissue is like having a mother with breast cancer it puts you at increased risk And we know that treating cancer when we find it earlier is much cheaper Mm -hmm. than treating a later cancer. The problem is for governments, you're going to have to pay up front now to find those early cancers. Whereas if you just let things happen, it's going to be another government five or 10 years down the line that's going to have the expense of treating the later cancers. Dr. Gordon, where can people find out more about this website? The uh, website Dense Breast Canada .ca uh, has a wonderful FAQ, uh, Frequently Asked Questions page, and there are loads of answers there. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure our listeners uh, will be happy to know the information. Thank you again. My pleasure. This is what she said. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.